Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody, and happy Monday to you. Hope everybody is doing okay under the circumstances. Been a tough time, but we're going to get through it together and talk a little Islanders hockey. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. This week, we're looking back at some of the greatest moments in franchise history. And uh, that is always fun to do. And look, I could take a little shortcut and just say, Four of those five moments are the four Stanley Cup clinching games. I I, I don't want to do that. Um, although at least one of the cup clinching games will certainly be included on this list. But every day this week, we will look at uh, w- what I think are one of the best moments in Islanders franchise history. And please um, feel free to chime in. Uh, send us an email, the email address, uh, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, or uh, send us a tweet at LockedOnIsles. Follow us on Twitter, and you can also follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-N-Y-I, and Ice Wars is the title of my book about the history of the Islanders and their rivalry with the Rangers. So, Feel free to let me know what you feel the five best moments or one of the five best moments that you'd like us to discuss uh, in Islanders history, uh, you know, what they are. So uh, we're going to start today with one of those moments and feel free to fill in the gaps. And again, we can go all the way back to 1972 when the franchise started up until, uh, you know, now. And we could include games. Uh, drafting specific players, uh, trades, uh, anything that, you know, you feel fits this criteria, the five greatest moments in Islanders franchise history. We are not going in any particular order, so feel free, you know, if I start off with something that happened in uh, 1995 and you feel like, hey, something from 1975 is uh, appropriate, I'm I'm not locked into any particular format with regard to that. We'll also have this date in Islanders history, and of course we'll have the latest news about the National Hockey League and and when and how things are going with the plans to start to get things back. Now, first of all, I always want to share this with everybody, uh, MSG Plus doing what they can to show some Islanders Rewind games. And um, tonight, 
uh, games usually start at 7 o'clock. They'll have Game 5 of the 1984 opening round playoff series, Islanders-Rangers. To me, that's the greatest game in the history of that rivalry, and an exciting game. Islander fans really would enjoy it, and I mentioned this on a show uh, a couple of weeks back when we were talking about uh, this date uh, in Islanders history, and to me, the overtime period of this game that they're showing tonight on MSG Plus may be like the eight or nine most exciting minutes I've seen in hockey. So definitely check it out. Some great uh, action in that game five of the opening round playoffs, Islanders against the Rangers at the Coliseum in 1984. Uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, they'll feature a game against the St. Louis Blues from 19. 19- 91, a very unusual game, and there is a Ray Ferraro hat trick in that one. So uh, just, you know, wanted to keep everybody informed about uh, some of the games uh, that are on MSG Plus and uh, where you could watch them and, and just, you know, keeping fans updated as to where at least you can see some Islanders action, uh, even if it is indeed action from the past. Now, The latest proposal from the NHL with regard to the resumption of play is this idea of having each division play all of their games in a hub city. And Brendan Shanahan, president of the Maple Leafs, Hall of Famer, uh, basically said he does like the idea of four hub cities and bringing each division to that city. It's the most workable, I guess, is a better way of putting it, idea. And we're not talking about doing it right now or any time right around the corner, but when the time is safe and when the proper authorities give us the clearance to do so under the right precautions, I think that is a very workable scenario. And the league has also, again, reiterated that they are willing to push back the start of next season if necessary to complete this season. And if you think about it, there's an obvious reason why. Uh, The National Hockey League, if they don't finish the season, and probably even if they do because the odds of having fans in the stands when play resumes are not great, but to finish the season up, you lose a a half a billion dollars league-wide in ticket revenue, and then you also lose about a half a billion dollars, that's $500 million, that's an estimate, uh, in television revenue if if the playoffs are not played. It is doubtful the league can do a lot to recuperate the ticket revenue that almost certainly is going to be lost, or most of it is going to be lost. But you know the league wants to do everything they can to at least hold the Stanley Cup playoffs and get things back on track. Now, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly of the NHL uh, indicated on Friday on TSN up in Canada that the league would not necessarily shut everything down if another player tested positive. 
The quote from Daly, we believe that everything depends on the facts and the entire set of circumstances, but no, one positive test, even multiple positive tests, wouldn't necessarily shut the whole thing down. So far, eight NHL players have tested positive, or at least we know that eight NHL players have tested positive for COVID-19, five members of the Ottawa Senators, three members of the Colorado Avalanche. The league, as we all know, has been on hold since March the 12th, but the NHL, according to most reports that we've heard, is looking at a return at the beginning of July, and one team has reportedly told its players to get ready to start informal workouts beginning May 15th, so that's about two and a half weeks away. We will have the latest on all the news about resumption, about when and if the Islanders and where the Islanders can start resuming practice and workouts and any training camps that may be going on, so keep it right here with the Locked On Islanders podcast. We're here every Monday through Friday talking Islanders hockey. And just like Islanders hockey is a great diversion from all of this difficult time, so is eating great food. And if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android and find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's locked on for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. Not a lot of games played for some reason on April 27th, but we're going to take you back to April 27th, 2015 at the Verizon Center, Game 7 of the opening round playoff series between the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. This game played in Washington, D.C. at the Verizon Center. Islanders won Game 1 in the series, 4-1, fell behind 4-3, in Game 2, and lost that one. Series goes back to the Coliseum, and the teams traded 2-1 overtime wins. Islanders had a 2-1 series lead with a 2-1 overtime victory in Game 3. 
They fell in overtime by that same score in Game 4. Capitals won Game 5, 5-1, to one, but the Islanders, in what was at that point the last game at the Coliseum, won 3-1 to one in Game 6 to force a 7th and deciding game. In this one, the Islanders had Yaroslav Halak in goal, while the Capitals went with Braden Holtby. And the amazing thing about this game was the defense. There was no scoring in the second period, and by the way, this entire game featured exactly one penalty, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Scoreless first period, both teams doing a good job of pretty much containing the other team's scoring chances. But in the second period, finally, the Capitals break the ice. Joel Ward gets his first goal of the playoffs from Brooks Orpik and Alexander Ovechkin at 18.35. And after 40 minutes, the score, Washington won and the Islanders nothing. So the Islanders stood elimination in the face. 20 minutes left, do or die, and the Islanders managed to get on the board. Three minutes and 13 seconds into the third period, Franz Nielsen gets his first of the playoffs, assist to Thomas Hickey and Ryan Strom, and the game is all even at 1-1. But the Capitals get the lead back. Evgeny Kuznetsov, back then very young, but coming up big, the talented Russian gets his third of the playoffs from Jason Chimera and John Carlson at 12.42, Washington 2, the Islanders 1. The only penalty of this game comes at 17.06 of the third period. John Carlson of the Capitals called for roughing the Islanders, had a chance to try to tie the hockey game. They pulled Yaroslav Halak with one minute left in the game. So just as the power play was coming to an end, but the Islanders were unable to generate any offense. And quite honestly, the Capitals limited the Islanders to 11 shots on goal for the entire game. Final score in this one was 2-1 Washington, Braden Holtby making 10 saves, Yaroslav Halak 24 saves in 26 shots, so he played well, but the Islanders fall to the Capitals 2-1 and are eliminated. Only a couple of players were a plus in this game for the Islanders, and that was a defensive pairing, Thomas Hickey and Brian Strait each were plus one in this game. Now, I mentioned that the Islanders had only 11 shots on goal. Five of those 11 shots belonged to defenseman Johnny Boychuk. Franz Nielsen had two. Kyle Oposo, Brian Strait, Nick Letty, and Thomas Hickey had one each. John Tavares played 20 minutes and 44 seconds in this game and did not manage a shot on goal. So the Islanders 
basically clamped down by the Washington Capitals and their 2015 season comes to an end in front of 18,506 fans at the Verizon Center in Washington. Final score on this date in Islanders history, Capitals 2, Islanders 1, April 27, 2015. So we're going to begin our series right now on the greatest five moments in Islanders franchise history. And, I, you know, maybe I'm cheating a little bit, but I'm going to go back. And for me, moment number one is the, the moment or moments that put the Islanders on the map culturally in Long Island and, and the New York area and really in the NHL. I'm going to talk right now about the 1975 playoff run. The Islanders finished above 500 in 1975 for the first time in franchise history. And you got to remember, this is only the third season that the team existed. They went 33-25-22, good for 88 points, which tied them for second place with the Rangers in the Patrick Division but the Rangers were awarded second place and home ice advantage uh, in round one of the playoffs because they had more wins than the Islanders did. But in the end, this team went on what was one of the most memorable playoff runs in the history of the franchise and what they essentially did during this playoff run was capture the imagination of the people of Long Island when they realized just how good this young Islanders team could be. First playoff series was against those very same New York Rangers. Islanders were down 2-0 in game one, managed to come back and win the game 3-2 at Madison Square Garden. They lost the second game First ever playoff game at the Nassau Coliseum two nights later, 8-3. A lot of fights in that game, a wild game. And then game three at Madison Square Garden. It was an outrageous game, went to overtime, and the Islanders win it just 11 seconds into the extra session on a goal by J.P. Parise, And just like that, the Rangers, who had made the Stanley Cup playoffs nine years in a row, who had, you know, multiple Hall of Famers on their team, who everyone expected to make short shrift of the Islanders, they were eliminated. That team was more or less disbanded within a few months of losing this game. And the Islanders advanced into the quarterfinal round against the Pittsburgh Penguins. What happens there? The Islanders lose the first two games in Pittsburgh, 5-4 and 3-1. Lose Game 3 at the Nassau Coliseum, 6-4, before beginning one of the most remarkable comebacks in NHL history. The Islanders, with elimination staring them in the face, win Game 4 by a score of 3-1 at the Nassau Coliseum, That keeps them alive. They go back to Pittsburgh for Game 5 and win that one 4-2. to 
forcing a sixth game back at the Coliseum. The Islanders win that game 4-1, to one, and all of a sudden, we are looking at a do-or-die game. Game 7, and the Islanders seeking to become only the second team in NHL history. And the first team was back in 1942 to come back in a seven-game series from a three-to-nothing deficit. So April 26, 1975, at the Igloo in Pittsburgh, 13,404 fans in attendance. Chico Resch in goal for the Islanders. Gary Innes, the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And these two teams played one heck of a tight, physical hockey game. Dave Lewis of the Islanders and Bob Battleship Kelly of the Penguins go off for fighting late in the first period. Uh, Earlier in the period, Bob Paradise of the Penguins dropped the gloves with Clark Gillies as each team was looking for an edge. Colin Campbell of Pittsburgh and Andre St. Laurent of the Islanders had high-sticking penalties later in the first period. There was a lot of physicality early in this game, but no goals. Finally, with 5 minutes and 18 seconds remaining in regulation time in that third period, the Islanders' captain, Ed Westfall, gets his fourth goal of the playoffs, the only assist to Burt Marshall, and the Islanders led one to nothing. Chico Resch did his thing and made... 30 saves to earn the shutout, including in the first period, Islanders were outshot 14-5. In the second period, they were outshot 11-6. For the game, Pittsburgh 30 shots on goal. The Islanders just 17, but Chico was outstanding. And, you know, you can find a clip either on Twitter or on YouTube of that Ed Westfall goal and of Chico Resch's celebration after that game was over, and the Islanders had, incredibly enough, managed to become only the second team in NHL history to overcome a 3 nothing deficit and win a seven-game series. So what happens after that? The Islanders advance to the semifinals, against the defending Stanley Cup champion Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, the Broad Street Bullies. Islanders fall behind in this series. They lose Game 1, 4 to nothing, at the Spectrum. Game 2, also in Philadelphia, a 5-4 overtime win for the Flyers. And Game 3, a 1-0 win for Philadelphia. Islanders again down three games to none in the series. Game four at the Nassau Coliseum and the Islanders again facing elimination. The Islanders built up a 3-0 lead on goals by Ed Westfall, Jerry Hart, and Ralph Stewart. But then the Flyers got back into it. Ross Lonsberry got Philadelphia on the board. Rick McLeish scored twice, including the tying goal four minutes and 48 seconds into the third period. We head to overtime when Jude Drouin 
ends it a minute 53 into the extra session. His fourth of the playoffs from J.P. Parise and Ed Westfall, three of the only veterans on that young 1975 Islanders team. And the Islanders managed to stay alive. They win game five back in Philadelphia, five to one. Edge the Flyers in game six, two to one. And again, force a seventh and deciding game for the second straight series. This one back at the Spectrum. Unfortunately, the Islanders do not win this one. Kate Smith came in to sing God Bless America. She was the Flyers' good luck charm at the Spectrum. The Islanders gave her flowers. Eddie Westfall, the captain, delivering flowers to her in an attempt to break the spell she had, the jinx that she had on visiting teams. But the Flyers end up winning the game 4-1, to one, and the Islanders are eliminated. But it really, truly was a magical ride for the 1974-75 Islanders. They, quite honestly, captured the imagination of hockey fans in the New York area, showed that they were not just uh, a run-of-the-mill expansion team. And, uh, you know, when I was working on my book, uh, Ice Wars, I, I interviewed... Pete Stemkowski of the Rangers for the book, and he mentioned that after the series that the Islanders beat the Rangers on the overtime goal by J.P. Parise, he went to his local deli, and his picture had been taken down in a picture of uh, the Islanders players, Bobby Nystrom or, or Ed Westfall, was put up in the deli where his picture used to be. So, uh, this really put the Islanders on the map. It helped capture the imagination of the team and uh, of the fans in the area. And it really, you know, this young, young hockey team essentially showed what they were capable of doing that season. All of a sudden, young players like Chico Resch and Billy Smith and Dennis Potvan, and all of these, you know, younger players, Billy Harris, all, all of a sudden, you know, you, you look up at this roster, Bob Bourne, 20, okay, Clark Gillies, 20, Billy Harris, 23, Jerry Hart, a veteran at 27, Lorne Henning, 22, Dave Lewis, 21, uh, Bobby Nystrom, 22, Dennis Potvan, 21, Jean Potvan, 25, Billy Smith, 24. I mean, you look at the youth on this team. Uh, you know, Chico Resch was a relative veteran at 26. That's why this team was, you know, capturing a lot of people's imagination that year. And it really was the first great run in Islanders history. So to me, you have to include the 1975 playoff run in the five greatest moments in franchise history. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Keep that social distancing going. And we will get through this together. Islander fans, it's a, a pleasure and an honor 
to spend a little time with you every day talking Islanders hockey. Have a great day. See you tomorrow, and let's go Islanders.